So Alex, uh, welcome to Kiev. It's a pleasure to have you here during the IDC EE conference. Um, it's quite a long flight from Madrid, right? Um, anyway, I've heard that startups are hard, you know? And uh, you CEO of the startup, and I don't understand where you're doing all this hard work because every week you're some other country doing talk or mentoring or whatever other things you're doing. So what exactly, what, what do you do exactly? <laughs> so how's your startup is going? Okay, no, the startup is going good. I mean, it's a little bit slow, but uh, you know, when you do the startup world, you can do several things at the same time. I'm actually not flying that much. It seems that I'm traveling a lot, but I don't travel well, I wouldn't say I don't travel that much, but like this two weeks has been very, very rare. Normally I just go to one place every two weeks or something like that. So the rest of the time I'm back home working. And uh, I just, I didn't come from Madrid, I came from Poland. So I did Madrid, Poland, Poland, Kiev, Kiev, Berlin, Berlin, London next week. So, but I do have time between, I mean, these two weeks are insane, but normally I go back, I'm in Spain, I can do things just like, you work by night, you know, kind of hacker kind of style. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just want to talk briefly about your like background history. So you started this Valion, uh, uh, how, how do you pronounce it? Tetuan, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Tetuan Valley? Tetuan Valley. So it was kind of kind of like what we are seeing now with uh, Wise Guys, East Labs and all other accelerators or it, it wasn't like that. It was more like, it was more a reaction to a problem we were seeing in Spain. So if you go to the U.S., uh, most people when they go to university have at least touched or known or worked for some kind of entrepreneurial venture. Even if it's selling lemonade or doing stuff like that, it's part of their society and part of their ecosystem. When you come to countries like Spain, that's not the case. You know, you have people that are 25 and never ever have done any startups. And so we realized that if we really wanted to do a, a big community around startups and having good ideas to invest in, we couldn't start with the accelerator first because there weren't good ideas. There weren't good people doing stuff. So we said, hey, why don't we do something in between? Why don't we do a bridging program? That what it does is it goes to universities, brings people that have never heard about startups and kind of fast tracks them and, and teaches them what a startup is and how to do that. So that when they end up doing this, they, they can go to an accelerator or they can go and talk to investors and stuff like that. So it was slightly different. It was, it was very unique in terms that no one else was doing that. And actually very few countries that I know of or cities are doing something like this. They try to replicate everything and they try to go for the big accelerator thing. When in most cases you just do not have enough people to be able to pull that off. Actually, this is uh, this is something I heard here. Like there is uh, the programmers, they they cannot get enough enough like pipeline of uh, interesting projects to to accept into the program. So it was like educational program, basically promoting like the whole idea of starting your own business. And yeah, yeah, it was basically promotional stuff in terms that. I mean, we did education with the idea of creating a community that in the future was capable of building stuff. And after three years, it started happening. After three years of doing this, people from different editions started uh, joining, creating new companies. So we have, for example, one company that uh, does uh, Android apps, and their, their app is one of the most downloaded apps in the Android store. 
Really? What's yeah. what's the name? The name is Go Chat. So basically, they did a chat for Facebook, and they went over a million downloads like four or five months ago. So, I mean, there's some companies that are coming out of that stuff, and it's not the people within the same program, within the same edition, but basically people that met through the community, and because they have the same mindset, now they're doing something else. So that was our goal. That was our dream. It wasn't. It wasn't just like altruistic. Like I'm gonna teach. No, we're gonna teach people, and we're gonna put them together so that after a while, things happen. So it was like five years ago. You started this. This was like four years ago, and I think it was February of 2009. So three years and a half, nearly. Four. And what you did? What did? What did you do before and after that? I mean. Uh, when we first met, you were we, we were in Tallinn, and, and you yeah. were mentoring the Wise Guys yeah. Accelerated Program. Yeah. And I know that you mentor in a bunch of other programs. So you must have had some like experience. Uh, what, so, what 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 makes you a good mentor? Like, what did you do? Well, previous to that, I was um, so I finished my studies in the U.S. So I had a lot of contacts there. Um, I did my first company. Well, I was doing a lot of freelance stuff for, for different companies. And then I did my first company in Symantec Technology. And I got hired by the largest social network in Spain to, to help them and, and do stuff with them. So I was very lucky because I was in a team that we were working with everyone in the company. So it wasn't just like the, the, uh, the front end or the back end. I was working with all of them at the time. And it was really interesting. I had a, a really great time, saw incredible architecture. And actually some friends from there, now they're working on Facebook in the US. So it's, it, it was really cool. And uh, since then, I've been working on many different projects. And after getting out of that company, um, I was really frustrated with not finding people, like-minded people, to join my company. So, so I decided to do the Tetran Valley more like a way of, hey, if I do this, I can find people that I can hire then, and I can get into my company. And through there, after a while, you know, you start seeing a lot of projects. You start working with a lot of people, uh, not just on the technical side, but I mean, the technical side, to some extent, is, is kind of easy for a lot of people. It's about how do you design the product, how do you market it, how do you, how do you put it there and get people excited about what you're doing. And so I realized that after doing Telephone Valley, a lot of people really valued that. They said, like, wow, you go on a stage and you really reach people. You really know what they need to hear and how to fix it in a way that they don't go out crying, hopefully. you know. <laughs> and, and so since then, because we started that... We ended up doing startup bootcamp, so I, I started being involved with a lot of other people and a lot of other pro programs. And they just called me. They say like, "Hey, every startup we meet, they tell you need to talk with this guy." I don't know why people like talking to me. Maybe I'm very honest. I'm very transparent, and I just like say things as how I feel it. Uh, I mean, while trying to keep it to to not, I, I don't want to break you. That's not my point. I want you to make to be better. And sadly, a lot of people mentoring is about them. You know, I have all the knowledge. I'm super cool, super awesome. I don't give a shit about that. I really want to help you. And I'm guessing that's what people see, you know, that I'm extremely passionate about the ecosystem. I'm extremely passionate about helping startups become really something huge. This is actually like, basically that was my next question. Because since you, you mentor in like different teams in different programs, it's probably a theme, like the same set of like advice you give to every... Well, it, it depends. That's actually one of the reasons why I keep going east, because 
startups that you see here are very different and the problems are very different to the ones you see. Tell me more about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true, it's different. For example, it's the first time I do a purely uh, product design talk. It's the first time I do it. Uh, I've talked a lot about this and I talk a lot about design and about simplicity, but it's the first time I actually do a talk about this because I think if there's one place right now in Europe that it requires is, is, the, is Eastern Europe. I mean, not, not specifically Ukraine, but Eastern Europe, because people are very technical, and that means that, that you need to push them a little bit into realizing that the technical part is not just, it's not only the most important part, that there are other things that need to be balanced to make a good product. So, I mean, that's the, uh, that's actually, I don't know, that's, that's what I, I really like. So I keep changing, I keep learning new things, and I keep seeing different things, and... I know it's each startup is different. I mean, each country is actually different. The more you know the country, the more you know what to tell them, because mentoring is not about the specific something specific. It's about knowing how to talk with someone from that country, because some people take specific things very badly, others don't. And so, hey, what can I say you to help you? How can I say you something that will help you, that will make you see things? You know, and it's funny, when you talk with someone from marketing, they see things very clearly. I mean, the consumer part very clearly. Uh, but when you talk about, like, the technology shit, they, they just, like, block. If you talk with someone that's very technical and you talk about, you know, this product should be easier to use, they go like, no, but you haven't seen that the competitions don't have this and this and this features. Like but I don't care. No one cares about this. I was actually having this talk with a very, very, very nerdy guy in Poland. And he was like a hardcore tech guy. And he was like, no, you know, we're doing this uh, app to do uh, uh, receipt recognition uh, to analyze the price and stuff like that. And I said like, okay, so how are you different from something like Lemon? And they go like, but we're better. We, we do more recognition and, and I'm like, okay but how are you different he, he was like that's the difference i was like no but i don't give a shit about that because i don't use that and he was like in shock he was like but it's better i'm like yeah but this is not about having the best technology it's about having a technology that people want which is a very different conception you know so depending on the people depending on the background depending on your profession you have to change the, the register is very different all right um the, like there is, um, if you look at all these programs around Europe, so, and let's say I'm a startup founder, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking... We've been here before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, there is, seems like uh, lots of programs, so how do I know which is, like, better for me? Like, can you, like, do you think that you can, like, split them somehow? Like, what, where, where I can get the most value? depending on on who I am what kind of projects I have what I don't know what kind of whatever experience I have like how would you describe the whole European like the whole European ecosystem uh, yes well the accelerators basically so it's bullshit bullshit <laughs> <laughs> helps you uh, no I mean I'm, I'm joking I think it's fantastic that we have that many accelerators the thing is that you need to understand that accelerators in Europe are more like 
places where people gather and think that think in the same way they don't work really as accelerating people but it's more as a place where people can meet with other startups and do things so you, you mean is they different from us yeah very different very different accelerators in the us don't work like that they're more about accelerating and less about meeting with other startups the problem is that in europe in many countries it's very hard to find like-minded startups you know and in the US that's not the case and so they focus on different things even though they call it the, in the same way that they, they are they like their model they copied it from like Techstars and YC yeah. and so on yeah but they copy without realizing what the real problems are that's that's a problem that's a copycat thing is that they don't see that our problems are very different to the ones you have in the US and for example one of the things I would recommend people if you want to go to a good uh, accelerator I would look for the follow-up so one of the things that most accelerators are failing is once the startups come get out what is happening Are they raising money or aren't they raising money? Who are they raising money from? How many times are they raising money? Are they getting a lot of customers or not? That is what I think a lot of people are failing at. This is not about them entering. This is not about going through a three-month, uh, three six-month program. It's about what happens next. You know, the whole point of this is that these startups are capable of raising a lot of money and getting a lot of customers. And if at the end they don't achieve that or let's put it this way there are some people that are better at this than than others so i know a couple of accelerators and i won't say the name <laughs> but i know a couple of accelerators that they have people that they're very good at that and so the startups that go through that end up raising a lot of money and so that's the goal that was the goal in the very first place but but i mean like from what i know if you like if you use this filter then you basically exclude 99% of all the accelerators Like you end up with, I don't know, Startup Sauna, with um, Springboard, with, uh, well, obviously Seedcamp and, well, yeah, Seedcamp, yeah. and maybe a couple of more. And That's the rest is just, just gonna, I don't know. Let's rewind to what I said. What do you think about accelerators? Bullshit. <laughs> okay, that was why I was saying it. It, it. The thing is that one thing is co-working space, incubation space, where you basically group and give people the opportunity to do startups. And a very different thing is an accelerator. An accelerator is about uh, synchronized investment and about future possibilities of future investment. That's what they should be doing. That is why it accelerates. You know, because I take you from A to B and B is bigger. You know, and and so... Yeah, you, you answer yourself. How many ex real accelerators are in Europe? Very few. Very, very few. So maybe like the rest, instead of uh, like doing, copying this model, should instead like, I don't know, set up a space where you can go to work with other teams. Do no, not no, take no. equity and just give some, I don't know, lectures. And no, I, th I, think, I think what they're doing is good. You know, they're, they're taking equity and they're helping you. So they're actually really kind of accelerating you because you're increasing your knowledge so it's actually working but the thing is that the real accelerators what what they would do what you see in the US is about investment it's about future investment and future connections when you get out of that so if that's not happening then hey you can call it an accelerator but it's not really what it was intended to do. So, so basically you can say like I think I think you already said that so our European accelerators basically accelerate your knowledge and like your experience but not the company like not the business that you're trying to build yeah that's exactly that but but it's logical i mean i'm not saying it's wrong it's logical because we never had that in europe 
You know, people that are 25 have, have never experienced that. So going through an accelerator gives you that part, which is what the Americans have and in other places have, you know, but we don't have. So you're gaining that part, which is like the previous step to getting the investment. So the question is, who is helping with the next stage? Which is, okay, you know all this stuff now. Now you know how to deal with a startup. Now what? You know, now you need to go out, talk to customers. I need someone that can give me the contacts. I need someone that can get me the brand awareness to reach out to people. I need someone that can give me the international or the European contacts to raise a million. That's what I need. That's exactly what I need. And that second stage is what I'm not seeing in Europe. I'm seeing the first one, which is good. And they call it accelerators. Okay, fair point, it's semantics. Okay, whatever, it's semantics. Who's doing the next one? All right. So uh, let's let's uh, like change subjects and talk a little bit about your own startup, right? Since you're a founder, and so tell me, what's this like? Why do you why doing the doing this and like what's the point and how? What kind of hard problems you are trying to solve with this? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to fix a really hard problem, which is people do not know how to communicate and we're trying to help them out with that. No, it's, it's funny because it's not a change of subjects. We're basically, it's an evolution of what I was just saying. So one of the things I realized, when I realized that there was a real problem, that there was no one helping in the next stage, I said, you know, the number one thing I'm seeing with the startups is when they get out of the acceleration programs, they do not know how to do PR because before they were using the accelerator brand to get themselves known. Once you get out, you don't have that and they don't train you to do that. So that means that you go out and you go like, and now what? Now how can I reach two people? Now how can I talk with the media, you know? So I decided, I said, there's two things that for me were very important was, one was that is, hey, startups need that. And regular uh, solutions like PR agencies are too expensive for for startups to to uh, to get, and the other one was, you know, I keep seeing that if you really want to do this in Europe, you need to move to, or you need to operate in more than one country. If you just stick to your country, you're gonna fail, because it's not big enough. Because the investors are not gonna put a lot of money, and you're not gonna make a lot of money when you buy it. If you uh, with when you sell it, if you sell it, so if you really want to make it big, you need to operate in several countries, which is let's say the drawback of being in Europe, because if you're in the US, your market is so huge that you don't need to do that. But here you do need to do that. And so I said, hey, I'm an engineer after all. So I said like, wouldn't it be cool to have a, a system where I basically put the story of what I'm doing and I tell them, you know, I want to broadcast this to all of Europe. You know, instead of having to go country by country, learning who is writing about this stuff and who I should talk to, the system already knows that. And basically analyzes what your what your startup is doing. It says, you know, like this company I was talking with now, diets. You know, we we do diet app. Okay, I'm gonna put you in contact with maybe the bloggers or the journalists that talk about uh, diet and health in these countries that you told me you want to be in. So it's basically and uh, doing something automatic that right now we have to do by hand and it takes time and it takes money. And so it's like it's like a marketplace, right? You have startups and other have you have like media publishing houses or yeah, bloggers. It's, it's I would describe it more as a matchmaking platform. It's like dating. Okay. You have startups that are looking for a partner and bloggers that are looking for a partner and you're connecting them in a smart way. So instead of like broadcasting everyone, you're basically reaching the right person. So, so how how do you make sure that there are 
uh, bloggers and press on the site. I mean, you can attract startups, right? Mm -hmm. That's not probably a problem. But. You would be surprised. Actually, it's harder to attract startups than it is to attract bloggers. They don't need PR or no, the, th the thing is there's a lot of startups that think they don't need PR. There's a lot of startups that, and especially there's a lot of startups that don't, don't know how to write. So this is interesting. You were asking, like, what kind of problem are you solving? Actually, the real problem is not connecting both. That's kind of easy to do. The real problem is how do, how do you ensure that the stories that the startups are putting are good? And that is hard because that requires you to teach people how to tell a story. And that is what, my friend, I realize it's fucking hard. That's why we're doing a lot of storytelling workshops and things like that because it's not easy. I, I believe that it's hard to have a clear idea of what you want to say, a clear idea of what, what kind of message do you want to send and do it. And so it's really a challenge to build a platform to help people with their writing. Because essentially it's that, to guide them through the process of, you know, this is too long, you know, this doesn't make sense, you're using too many, too many words that are like useless that don't convey any, any meaning. You know, so that is hard, how to build that, how do you build that? It's not easy, how do, how do you make a platform that helps people to write better? So that's a challenge. Okay, um, I think we, we, we will wrap up the interview and uh, on the closing, uh, I just want you to say something to our fellow entrepreneurs here in Ukraine. Like, I don't know, it's probably first time here, right? Yep. So you probably don't know much, but I, I don't know. I know quite a lot well, right now. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit. What do you know? Uh, well, this is gonna, I'm going to be very unfiltered here, okay? So you Perfect. Can, you can edit it afterwards. But the main issue you guys have right now, right here, right now, is corruption. It's the problem, and, and I'm hearing this over and over and over again in startups here is, you know, we get investment from people here or from Russia. And when, it, when we do it right and the company is successful, instead of getting our real cut, we're being like squeezed out by investors and we're not getting anything. Well, it's not corruption. It's like just dishonest people, right? No, but it's corruption in a sense that uh, there, even when you when you have a legal contract that says the other thing, they are finding ways and loopholes oh, yeah. to keep the money. And I think that's very bad for the ecosystem because the real thing is that the ecosystem grows when you have an entrepreneur that joins an investor, makes a good company, makes money, and the investor makes money so he can keep investing. The entrepreneur makes money so he can not only start a next, her, uh, their next company, but invest in other companies. And that's how you create a healthy ecosystem. If the entrepreneur doesn't make any money, then he cannot invest in other companies and he cannot start another company. So basically you keep the money within the same investor loop and you, you need to break that at some point. So my suggestion would be, hey, you want to do a startup here? Great. Make sure you maybe register or, or incorporate the company in a, in a country that allows you to be protected by that. Like, and, and I'm suggesting LTD in the UK is the new Delaware, you know? So, so really? I mean, like, uh, I have some friends who do in startups, as you can imagine, and most of them like using Delaware incorporation in US. Yeah, no, either US or if you're in Europe, LTD in the UK. That's the thing. I mean, that way you're protected. And no matter what they want to say, you will see each other in a court in London. You know, so you can, you can, I mean, you can, you can still screw me. You know, there's shady things, but the thing is you're way more protected. 
and you can live here and you can you can basically have the team here okay any any like more bright words <laughs> to, no, for the closing I, you told me i'm very unfiltered no bright words um i think i think there has to be some investment in getting to the universities here and telling people that they are capable of doing something else that coding software for, for someone else I think it's there is not a lack of talent here. Talent is incredible here. And you have a lot of people, a lot of people, very talented. The problem is that most of them just think that their options are working for a big corporation or doing software at a software house. They don't realize that they can do their own startup. It's just like something they don't think about. Mm -hmm. So, hey, you, we need people going to university fighting with academia because that's going to be a nice fight. And telling people, hey, you know, you can do something else. And especially, I think you should move around. Moving around different countries. I think Ukraine is looking too much towards Russia. And hey, that's a massive market, and don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of other interesting markets looking to the West, especially very close to Ukraine. You have Romania, you have Poland, you have Germany. And instead of like putting all, all your eggs in the same basket, you know, if Russia goes down, most of the companies here go down. And that's the whole point, you know, you need to di diversify. So try and, and move around a little bit more around Europe. Of course, learn English, that hopefully, I think that's pretty straightforward. But uh, move around and, and you'll see new opportunities. You'll, this is an interesting thing. I think a lot of people from here, when they, when they travel, they suddenly see, hey, you know, this stupid project I did at university, no one else is using it in Europe and we can do an app that does this or we can do a, a whole company around this and really sell it. Actually, there's companies here that are using IP, that are using papers from the 80s and the 90s. Mathematical theories that are being used now to deploy applications that come from 20 years, 30 years old. Uh, well, thanks a lot for, for, for doing the interview. It was, again, a great pleasure to, to meet you here in Kiev. Thank you. I wish I had more time. Yeah. You've been watching Profit Show. Subscribe to new episode at profitshow.tv and see you.